Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. Travel back in time with me, okay? It's 2003, What Not to Wear debuted on TLC, and it turned today's guests, Clinton Kelly and Stacey London, into household names. I mean, this show was the hottest show on television, and people couldn't get enough of it. It took pop culture by storm, and it was on air for an incredible 10 years. It's something that rarely happens in today's media landscape, so that shows the power of the show, What Not to Wear. And fame, well, it hit fast, and it hit hard for Clinton and Stacey, and their lives forever changed. But behind the scenes, well, things weren't as perfect as they seemed, and a feud was brewing between Stacey and Clinton that became very, very public. Their falling out, it sparked massive amounts of clickbait headlines that honestly have disappointed Clinton and Stacey for years. But today, they join me in one of their only joint interviews since their big recent reconciliation to share their story. These are their words. These are their true feelings and their truth. No headlines are being made up in today's interview. You're going to hear directly from them. And it's a beautifully moving and hopeful conversation in which they open up about the difficulties of navigating that rapid fame and being thrust into the spotlight in a booming reality television landscape, which was, you know, some uncharted territory. Then they talk about reuniting and taking the next chapter of their friendship on the road. We dive into the healing power of forgiveness, and we finish off by talking about taking control of their careers while not relying on anybody else but themselves. It is such a powerfully moving conversation that I really think can help heal many people who are faced with the choice of forgiveness. So let's see if today we can get Clinton and Stacy to say something that they've never said before. Clinton and Stacy, how are you two? It's great to see you. Good to see you, Tommy. Great to see you. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, Stacy. Before um, we were recording, I think we have to share with everybody, we were talking about my abs. abs. So that's a good way to meet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sure your fan base 
is just as curious as I am. Like, what is your diet and what is your exercise regime to keep like an 18 pack at all oh times? Yes. Do you eat solid food, Tom? Yes, solid. No, exactly. liquid diet only. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a way to meet. So appreciate the question. And I'm happy to finally meet you, Stacey. And, um, and yes. have you both on. You two, you two have been making a lot of headlines lately. Lots <laughs> and lots of headlines. And of course... You know, fans of your show, what not to wear that you, you know, hosted together on TLC for 10 years. They might be surprised to see you guys back together and on the Zoom with me right now after, you know, what what was a pretty public feud and falling out. But here we are. Here we are showing the world that forgiveness is a beautiful thing and it is possible. And sometimes it is very, very, very much worth it. But let's set the stage for a minute for everybody listening. So Back then, what was it that kind of happened to, to create that feud to begin with? I think that there are, are different parts of this, right, that have never sort of, you know, we have never given a timeline or sort of been specifically clear. There were difficulties in working on what not to wear, but I I think that I brought a lot of my own Michigas to uh, the show and to our, my friendship with Clinton. And at one point realized that I was really causing kind of a toxic work environment. And that was about season five, right? When I, when I was like, it dawned on me that I didn't want to see, you know, I I didn't want to go back for the next season. And I kept thinking, oh, I don't want to see this person. I don't want to see that person. I don't want to see this person. I don't want to talk to that person. And then I kept thinking, well, what is the, actually the common denominator here is that I am the one who doesn't want to see all of these people. I, in fact, might be the problem which was, you know, a a pretty aha moment for me in the fact that, you know, I wasn't sort of being aware of my own behavior, responsible for my own behavior, accountable for my own behavior. And I felt a great deal of shame around that. And it was really important to me to reach out to Clinton, regardless of, of his response, at least to acknowledge you know, that I was aware of having caused a, a difficult work environment for us. And, you know, I'm lucky in the fact that Clinton wrote back and, and was honest with me about, you know, being upset and feeling frustrated and all of the things that he had been feeling during these seasons, but also was really open to like, let's make the most of this. Like, you know, and for the rest of the 10 years that we worked together, we really had a great working relationship. And when you talk about forgiveness being possible, it's really important to me because what I learned from this is that forgiveness is necessary. It's not just possible. And that doesn't mean the other person is going to forgive you, right? I'm lucky in that Clinton and I were able to communicate and talk about this in a way as grownups, even if I hadn't really been behaving like one. But not everybody gets that opportunity. At some point, though, when you recognize your own behavior, when you recognize your accountability, when you talk to people about that accountability, then I think it is whether or not they forgive you, you must forgive yourself. Otherwise, there's no way to go on. Absolutely. And and Clinton, when this was all going on during the show for you, was it hard or easy for you to kind of move past everything, continue working on the show, getting the job done? Because then at some point, you came out with the book, right? And that created another little ruffle in your relationship. It did. Um, when Stacy apologized, I accepted her apology. And we had a great five years after that working together. We were friends at work. Uh, I wouldn't say that we were best friends for those five years, but we really enjoyed each other's company. Stacy and I will always make each other laugh. We will always agree on so much. Like We have so much in common. 
maybe too much in common. That's why we can sometimes get into disagreements. You know, you don't want to, you know, spend all of your time with somebody who's just like you. That can drive you crazy, right? So, <laughs> so um, we were fine. And, you know, the book thing drives me a little bit crazy because I wrote this book years after What Not to Wear had ended. And I didn't even want to include a chapter about What Not to Wear, but my publisher asked me to. And it was just a book of humorous essays about my life. And, you know, I, I included a What Not to Wear chapter. And I thought about this. I spent so much time on this chapter. And I let a lot of people read it, people who knew both Stacy and me. And I said, is this being fair to Stacy? Is this an accurate representation of our relationship? I, I remember thinking, I am not going to tell any tales out of school. I did not mention in the book anything that Stacey ever said or did. It was just, I explained that we had a complicated relationship. It was a love-hate relationship because our feelings for each other were very strong. When they were great, they were great. When they were bad, they were bad. And so I said something along the lines of, we had a love-hate relationship. And then websites started picking up certain phrases from the book, taking them out of context. Clinton Kelly said he hated Stacey London. That's not the truth, okay? I never, you know, it's like I, I was saying that we had a love-hate relationship. Imagine if you were writing a, a story about your relationship with your mother and you said like, one time when I was eight, I hated my mother. And then it's like, all of a sudden, Tommy hated his mother. You know, it's like, right. it, it really pissed me off. And my regret in the whole book thing was what is that when I saw the quotes being taken out of context, I really should have called Stacy, And I should have said, you know what, let me get ahead of this. They're taking stuff out of context. This isn't what happened. I will send the whole story to you if you want to read it. But there was a little voice in my head that was like, Stacey knows that I wouldn't talk shit about her uh, in, in a book. Like, I'm not going to trash Stacey in a book. I, she knows that. But you know what? Our story is not only just one of forgiveness. It's one of realizing that you can't read another person's mind, okay? You have yeah. to, like, check in with your friends and be like, this is, we have to do a little reality check here. Like, this is this is actually what's going on. Not what you might think is going on, not what I might think is going on. Let's check that out. And I'm, I regret that I did not do that. And I was since apologized for that. I didn't even know about those headlines in the beginning, to be honest with you. Like, it was months after the fact that I actually heard about the clickbait. And I was hurt, obviously, because at that point, Clinton and I hadn't really been in contact with each other, but the big brouhaha was that, you know, I had blocked Clinton on Twitter after that because I thought, well, I don't want to hear anything awful about myself. Like I've already sort of lived through this and I thought we were past it. Maybe I'm wrong or maybe exactly what Clinton said. It occurred to me like his publisher was like, you need to write something about what not to wear, whatever it was. But I didn't think anybody could see that I had blocked him. I just, for my own kind of, you know, feelings, thought that I should just kind of leave it at that. And it wasn't until, um, what was it, Clinton? You got a, we got a tweet from somebody that was for both of us, right? And you went to answer it and realized that I had blocked you. Yeah, and, that, and I was pissed. He was, was really pissed. mad. But what I didn't realize was like, nobody knew, right, that I blocked him. <laughs> but then he got really mad and posted that I blocked him, which again, started another uh, news cycle. It must have been a very slow news week because the amount of phone calls, the amount of press that went after both of us to be like, you know, what does this mean? And why did you block him? And is this your fault? Is this Clinton's fault? Whose fault is it? I was like, oh my God, I did not respond to one inquiry about it because I was like, this is just grist for the mill. This is making us out to be people that we are not in a way that is actually kind of could hurt both of our reputations in a way that really did not 
it didn't it didn't meet the qualifications for any of the disagreements we'd ever had. Right. It became this just like a gossip mill. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, don't people have better things to do with their time? Plus, you can't deny whether we loved each other or hated each other, how great our chemistry was on camera. And that was the one thing I was like, I don't want people to forget that. I don't want people to forget that we spent 10 years kind of educating and entertaining people authentically because we truly did. And like for that to put a feud above that really felt unfortunate to me. Sally, that's the world we live in. People want the salacious. They want the dirt. And I, I'll never understand it. And working in entertainment, I've made it very clear on all the shows and platforms I work on that I'm not that guy. And if, if I'm interviewing somebody, it's about celebrating their work and trying to pull out some inspirational nuggets or learn something from what they went through. It's not to talk about their divorce or dig up you know, what they're doing with their blended family. I mean, I don't care. I'm not the guy for that. But we live in a world where a lot of people do want that. So I do understand how something like your personal fight became so very public. Listen, with the Twitter blog, these social media people will find it all. They will find it all. And you think, <laughs> how does anyone know I did that? They'll know. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was a, that that to me, that was the biggest surprise. Like, I, I really actually found that to be I, I was like, that's the thing that people are seizing on. I was like, really? <laughs> but again, you can't read somebody's mind. And I had no idea that like, Clinton, you said you got really pissed. I, well, I, was, didn't even, yeah, go ahead. I was operating under the assumption that we were cool. Right. I was like, oh, I mean, like, you know, I, I figured, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I wrote this book, quotes are being taken out of context. Stacy knows how clickbait works. Uh, Stacy knows I wouldn't trash her. So I haven't heard from her. So we're cool. So I thought we were cool. And then I found out that I was blocked. And I was like, wait a minute, what the? Um, but I get it. You know, like, I'm operating my own reality. Stacy at the time was operating in her own reality. It's like, this is how the human brain works, right? You construct this narrative and you believe it. And so when somebody actually confronts you with the truth of how something went down or how they actually felt, you know, it can be jarring to the system. And I think we both got like a little, you know, slap in the face with reality. It's like, wait a minute, like, how did our own narratives get out of our own control? I think that's what bothered me so much. Absolutely. I think that's the, the hitting the nail on the head, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time, even in, in our new show, which we can talk about in a second, but this idea of controlling the narrative. Everybody has the right to control their own narrative, whether it's for their life or the way they dress. And the idea that this was being taken out of our control, that our relationship was now being dictated by outside forces, drove me batshit, like drove me batshit crazy. The amount of times that people shared with me this online story that was going around co-stars who secretly hated each other. Hate each other, right. And there are there are pictures of us like holding hands and with this big headline over our heads. And I was like, that's not the truth. I hate that this is being shared. I hate that people are sharing this with me. So, you know, after a while, I was like, I, I'm not going to just sit around and take this anymore. It's like we have to, Stacey and I got to talk this through and, and figure this out because it's, it's bullshit, quite frankly, <laughs> that other people are profiting on our relationship. Exactly. And it's not so black and white. I mean, you guys were on reality television. You spent 10 years on a show when reality TV was was still pretty new. And mm -hmm. who, it was the renaissance. Yeah, like who the hell can navigate those waters? So you were doing the best you can and you were thrust into the spotlight from this unknown format of television and suddenly yeah. your lives are everywhere. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm so curious to know, was it hard acclimating to the fame you got from that show so very quickly? Clinton, let's start with you. I'll be honest with you. I really did not enjoy it very much. I didn't know what to do with it. Like, I never really wanted to be famous. I just like asked the universe one day, please give me another job. I'm tired of working as a magazine editor. Like, I don't want to sit at a desk. And like this show literally landed on my lap. And I didn't like the fact that we were working so hard. I never saw my best friends. I never saw my family. I would be accosted by like, I would see a group of like 20 something women walking down the street and I'd have to cross the street so that I wouldn't be like, you know, uh, attacked and surrounded by them. Couldn't go to a dinner without it being interrupted. I was just like, this is not really what I thought it was going to be. Also, I had met Damon, my husband now, uh, whom I very early knew was the love of my life. And I just wanted to spend my time with him and all this other stuff was just, it just became background noise for me. And yeah, I just wanted to be at home, like making dinner with the, you know, the, the two of us and seeing our friends. And I was just like, this, I don't love the fame. And with all that being said, people have been 99.999% of people have been absolutely lovely to me. And I've sort of grown to like relax into it and, and not be so like freaked out about it. But I mean, I remember thinking like, there are people taking my picture on the subway. There are people taking my picture at this restaurant. It used to drive me crazy that I had no privacy anymore. That was a big deal. Yeah, the privacy thing was a huge issue for me. I also, I came into it with a very different mindset. 
having already, you know, I'd been a stylist for almost 13 years by the time I got the show. And I found it very discombobulating to go from behind the camera where I felt full control and understanding sort of how to style a picture and how to style people to being the one on camera. Like, first of all, to this day, I don't think I style myself very well at all. I'm the only person I can't style. <laughs> but <laughs> it is. But I remember thinking, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to just be myself. And because the kind of caveat of the show was this idea that we had to be sort of like comically critical, but constructively critical. And, you know, we were in the very beginning told to be kind of snarkier than we were over time. Part of that, I think, led to me feeling like, oh, my God, we have to be the authority. And so I had to take myself so seriously because I was afraid that that expertise would be questioned. Mm. And, you know, for some reason, I was like, we're the experts. We're supposed to know what we're doing. We're supposed to figure this out. So I couldn't let go. Like, I, I didn't really have a sense of humor about it in the beginning, whereas I kept also thinking... Everybody said to me, this is a small window of opportunity. This is a small window of opportunity. Take every say yes to every job that you get, which, you know, wound up being, I mean, insane 16, 18 hour days to do three different jobs on the same day. A lot of that got exhausting, but I did not know how to be myself. And, you know, when I saw people taking pictures of me in restaurants, I would go up and say, hey, do you want to ask if you can take my picture? Because, you know, to me, it felt like we're working so hard for you. Like we were working so hard to make the show. And I felt like that was sort of in itself a little bit of a gift that I would have wanted that kind of gift of politeness back. Didn't always get that. But by the same token, again, I think that most people were super kind about it. Most people just wanted to be like, I know you because reality television was not like being an actor, right? Mm -hmm. Reality television was like, we are in your homes every Friday night. And that means that you know us. We're like your brother and sister. You know us. We're part of the family. We're in the living room with you. And so I think that that, it created a different kind of fandom than you'd seen previously, right? Because there was there used to be a real barrier between being famous and having a private life when I think reality television really blurred those lines. And that was at the beginning. I mean, look at it today. Now it's all about your private life, you know? And I also found that a little bit difficult. I knew that me, Stacy on television was part of me, but it was also a persona and it certainly wasn't all of me. And so I found that a little bit confusing and hard to navigate in the beginning. Those are some really tricky waters to navigate. And of course, it's going to create tension between two people when you don't even know how to navigate that world for yourself. I mean, it's it's a tough place to be in. Was there a point throughout those 10 years? Because 10 years is a long time on television. I'm not sure people <laughs> realize that, but shows don't last that long. I mean, yeah. it is no. remarkable that you had a 10 year run on this show. Was there any point where either of you were like, I'm out, like, I want to quit? Yeah, yep. We both, yep. We, I think we both had two times, right? Where we were like, yeah. I don't think we can do this anymore. At one point, it was the end of uh, my fifth season when my con and my contract was up. Actually, I went into my fifth season really unhappy. Like I was like, "This is my last year of, of my contract. I'm quitting when this is over." We had 26 episodes that season. Stacey, I don't know if you remember. You probably weren't in my dressing room, but I had the numbers 26 through 21 written on my wall. I wrote them on my wall, I, and I, I would thought cross. you had it on your door. It was behind my door on the wall, um, and I would just like would cross off the episodes, and I was like counting down the days until I was done with what not to wear. That season was the worst season, the worst. and I will say that um, it was terrible. 
And I was ready to quit. I said, I'm done. I don't want to do the show anymore. I did it for five years. That's plenty. And I will say that the head of TLC at the time, Eileen O'Neill and Nancy Daniels, who became the head of TLC, I said, this is a problem. I got problems with this, that, the other thing. And they fixed it all. And, uh, you know, that's that's the season that Stacey sent her apology note to me. And then after that, I was like, this is this is great. Like, I can I can make this happen. When did you, Stacey, feel like you had to leave? Um, well, definitely after season six that I, you know, or, or was it season five? I mean, it was, it was like, my it was, season technically. Yeah. So it show. was my yeah. sixth yeah. season. Right. So it was yeah. the same time for similar reasons. I think again, you know, everybody makes this about just Clinton and I sort of not getting along, but there was a, <laughs> an incredible amount of pressure. There was a ton of shit stirring going on and, a you know, ton. there was a ton. And there was also just um, a work environment that wasn't just set up by us that was set up by, you know, the people that we were working with behind the scenes that made things more difficult than they had to be. You know, things of us that required infinitely more time than was necessary. And it it just started to feel out of control. Like we were sort of spiraling out of control in terms of the work environment and in terms of what our workday looked like in terms of what the priorities for that workday were going to be. So that was definitely one time where I wanted to quit. And then the very last season, I did not know that I was sick. I knew that something was wrong with me, but I had no idea what it was. And Amy Winter was the head of TLC at the time. And I went to her and I was like, I can do no more than 13 episodes. That's it. That's like all I can do for you. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I have got to figure this out. And it was weird. It was like terrible fatigue or I would, you know, one day I would fit into my shoes and the next day I would be so swollen. I couldn't fit into them. I just, I had no idea. I felt insane. I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. And Amy was like, nope, we need you to do 26. And I was like, I am quitting. She was like, nope, we need you to do 26. There was like, no, there literally I was sort of, you know, kind of left without options, but it didn't turn out until uh, maybe two or three years later that I found out I had psoriatic arthritis, which is an wow. autoimmune disease, which caused all of these symptoms. And so, you know, even if I had known that, I would have had the opportunity to manage it a little bit better. I would have understood what was going on with me. But it was like, if you look at me during season nine of the show, as opposed to season 10, I looked like a different person. I gained a ton of weight. I looked bloated all the time. I just did not know what was happening to me. So I felt like very incapable of doing this show. Like physically, I found it so demanding. Running in heels was always demanding, but it was really demanding that last season. And, you know, in some ways, I'm really grateful that it ended when it did. Because 10 years and 12 seasons in, one, something was going to have to change about the show. I mean, you know, the great thing about a format show is that people love a format until they don't love it anymore, right? Mm. Until they're bored of it. So I think we sort of had this perfect run. There are very few shows that are ever going to run that long again. We don't have that kind of attention span anymore, not since social media. But I felt like we were going out on the highest note possible. Like there was nothing that we hadn't done. There wasn't anything that we hadn't explored. You know, I feel like I I wish we could have done more with vintage, but we did do a a whole show about vintage and sustainability. You know, there were things that I would have loved to have done older women and we never, they wouldn't really let us because they said that wasn't our target audience. But for the most part, I feel like we gave all of the foundational basic building blocks of how you create your own style. That was pretty rewarding. Yeah, what you guys created is so iconic. It's cemented now in pop culture history forever. It's a show that means so much (laughs) to so many people for so many different reasons. And 
you know, you went through a lot, the both of you throughout the 10 years on this show, but there were a lot of highs, there were a lot of lows. And here we are today, which is the coolest part of it all. It's you were able to come back. So Clinton, you reached out over the pandemic, right? So were you responsible for for this reunion, would you say? I wouldn't say I was wholly responsible, but I, I did make the first move. We can say that I had my people call Stacy's people, and then there was a lot of back and forth. <laughs> um, and then eventually, Stacy and I got it. Yeah, right. I think I emailed you and I said, "Can we just talk to each other?" <laughs> yeah, it was really it was getting a little ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we ended up talking. We had a, we had some great conversations, and that was actually two and a half years ago. Just for the record, yeah. I mean, it was everybody thinks that our appearance on Hoda and Jenna was the first time we had seen each other since what not to wear it. But we we've, <laughs> we've been friends now for the past two and a half years, and so I think we decided at one point we were like you know, we really enjoy each other's company. We enjoy working together. We have a chemistry that really can't be denied. That's really rare in television for two people to have. And so we're like, let's just take our show on the road. You know, like, what are we going to do? Wait for like TLC to come knocking on our door to, for what not to wear reboot, which we wouldn't do anyway. Um, <laughs> so we're like, let's just take our friendship out on the road and like do it on our own terms. So at what point did you get to that? Because you meet back up, you sort through your your issues, you form your friendship again, you form that trust, right? It takes all of that again to form that relationship. I'm sure, and maybe I'm speaking out of term, but I'm sure there was caution on both ends to make sure this was really going to work out. And then you decide to go on tour. Like, how did that all happen? How do you go from not speaking to speaking to going on tour? Like, did you have to work your way up to that? A little bit like that. We went from not speaking to speaking to being like, let's go on tour. But, you know, I mean, part of this also was that, look, the the show was 20 years ago it started and it's been 10 years since it ended. And it is undeniable that that show still has an effect on people, right? We are still recognized for that show. That is what is going to be on my tombstone. No matter what else I do in my life, what not to wear is what I'm known for. And I think that when Clinton and I really started, you know, talking again, one of the things that we realized is that our philosophies are so, our life philosophies, not just style philosophies, are so aligned that even after not speaking for a long period of time, it was bizarre to see that we had kind of evolved our thinking in the same way. And I remember thinking, well, that's really interesting, right? That says something about who we are. And I think that also says something about what we can say now, as opposed to, what we could say on the show, right? We were still limited by that format. We were still limited by saying, hey, you have to look like this. You have a pencil skirt and an A-line skirt, whatever it was, it was all geometry and rules. And it wasn't about, you know, being a creative spirit or, you know, sort of watering uh, the flower so that it blooms to be the flower that it could be. And this kind of individualized style attention was not something that we were truly able to give on the show because we did have to meet certain requirements, right? We had to have the most appealing look for the largest number of audience members. So it's different now that we think about a lot's happened, certainly since social media. And you don't really see as many style experts because we don't talk about teaching people how to wear or what they should wear, right? We've come a long way since that. And there are a lot of movements that I think have really contributed to that. But it gave Clinton and I the idea to talk about those things and to talk about how our philosophies have changed and what we've been up to since that time that's also you know, helped inform and change who we are as people. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I love what's on your website when you describe this tour. I'm going to read it. It's It says, despite some rumors to the contrary and several bullshit clickbait articles, <laughs> we don't actually hate each other's guts. We just needed a little alone time. And now we want to share our God-given chemistry with you. So we are embarking <laughs> upon a nationwide tour. Yes. <laughs> And it is. I really do believe that connection is God-given. You know, fighting or no fighting, you know, what Clinton said before, I think sometimes we we do have very similar personalities, you know, which is why Clinton describes our relationship as a brother and a sister on a very long car trip, right? You know, like <laughs> yes. sometimes you're like, let's play a game. And other times and other you're like, like, I can hear you breathing. <laughs> Stop touching you know what, me. No. Stop touching me. Stop touching me. I, I challenge anybody to take even their most favorite person in the whole world and chain yourself to them for 10 <laughs> years, 12 hours a day, every day, travel around the country with them and not be sick of them after a while. Like it's just even your most favorite person in the world. It's it's going to happen. And so uh, we had a natural up and down in our relationship. And that's, you know, it's like people just love to focus on the down and there were much more ups than there were downs. Much yeah, more. and it it really makes me laugh, Clinton, because when you say, you know, I dare you to chain yourself. Can you imagine if we had been like our ankle, like we'd been chained, you know, like in shackles <laughs> by our ankles? I, I feel like we were. <laughs> season one, man, we we even shared a dressing room. It's like we had to get oh, dressed true. next to each other every day. We've yeah. seen everything there is. Everything to see. we, seen we, each we, other we, naked, but we, that was twenty years ago. It looked a lot better back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, because of, because of Clinton's gardening uh, hobby, he still has <laughs> rock hard glutes. It's crazy. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. Do you show off the glutes during your tour? So can we expect? I'm getting a taste of what the tour is like. But what else? Can it's we a little expect? like this. <laughs> it's a little like that. Yeah, I know. I, I make Stacy feel them in front of the live audience. Uh, because, but gardening is no squatting all day. It's literally squatting you squat the to workout. play things and then you stand up you squat to pull weeds and then you stand up so it's like 
you know, people could say it's an old lady's hobby, but I'll tell you, my my ass is still like that of a thirty year old. Um, there you, you know, go. We, just, we we talk about all the crazy things that happened to us during what not to wear, and some crazy things happened to us. You know, the stories that we have with the contributors who are on the show, the things that they said, the things that they did. We talk about our new style philosophies, which uh, we really didn't get a chance to talk about on what not to wear because the world has changed so much since the show was canceled and we've evolved so much. And then we do audience, we play games and audience Q&A. We, we say you can ask us absolutely anything. Doesn't mean that we will answer it, but we will. you can ask us any questions. So we've gotten into some fun, weird stuff. Like Phoenix was the weirdest audience I think <laughs> I ever had. They were like, have you guys ever slept with anybody on the show before? And we were like, Ooh. okay. What? Yeah, I mean, there, there, yeah, we were like, there is, there, there is a line. But yes, no, I mean, it, it, we've had some... One of the nicest things about it, right, is that I think everybody always thought that the show itself, What Not to Wear, was meant to be entertaining, right? Even though it was the learning channel, like everybody assumed that it would be entertaining. We didn't realize how educational it was going to be for people, that people were actually watching us on Friday night and going shopping on Saturday, paying attention to our rules. And I don't think that anybody counted on it being as emotional as it became. And that transformation really became so hopeful, right? And we never got to interact with our audiences on that level to be able to do that now. Well, Clinton, you got to do that a little bit with Macy's. But, you know, I think one of the nicest things is to be able to interact with people who really understood the show, who really understood what we were trying to do on the show, really still have questions about style. Also, just that they're, they're, they get to interact with us in real life, not just this imaginary like you're in our homes on Friday, like we're there, you know, we can give you a hug. We can like tell you how much we like your blouse. Like it's- We can it's curse. Very, <laughs> yes, we can curse, exactly. Um, so, you know, to me, watching audiences get so excited about it is really much more, I mean, it's so exciting for for me and I'm, I, Clinton, I'm speaking for you as well, because it's like we, it, it's like, an, think of an interactive version of what not to wear without so many rules, right? That's mm. that's a pretty exciting thing to be able to do with fans. And I feel like it's also, and maybe this is just because I'm a sappy Italian, but it's emotional <laughs> because people are so invested in the two of you and in the show and they followed your journey for so long. And here you are putting on this amazing tour back together, reunited during a time when the world is so crazy and you're just bringing joy and showing people that there are miracles that can happen in life. And I think all of it is such an important thing that we need right now more than ever, you know? Yeah, we, we were like, let's just spread a little joy. Like, let's just show the world that we are friends, that we can laugh at ourselves, laugh at each other a little bit, you know, and just have a good time with our audience. That was, that's everything. We There is no negativity in our show at all, like zero. Like on What Not To Wear, we used to have to like lob critiques and make jokes, but there's none of, there's plenty of jokes now, but um, <laughs> nothing is mean-spirited or, or could even be taken as mean-spirited. It's just a good time. You know, that's like, it, the world is a really rough place to be living in right now. So like when you can laugh and celebrate friendship and forgiveness, why not do that? That was sort of the first thing that Clinton and I talked about. Like, there is so much negativity in the world. Like, sometimes it's just, it's too much. And, you know, you can scroll, you doom scroll on social, or you can turn on the news or whatever it is, and you're bound to feel anxious or sad or whatever. What can we put into the world that doesn't 
cause those feelings that actually brings some you know modicum of joy where for an hour and a half you don't have to think about the tough things that are going on in life and you can just have some fun and especially being able to celebrate friendship and forgiveness at a time where it doesn't feel like anybody is doing that really actually is incredible i'm gonna get um, emotional but it actually is really meaningful to me yeah and i see that i see that i see that on your face i see how meaningful yeah. it is to you it's it's something that I think is honestly not to sound corny, but it's a blessing that you two could come back together and do this and bring joy in this tour. And maybe, maybe just maybe there's some other TV or streaming show in the works with you two. I'm just saying. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what I do know is I'm not going to sit around waiting for a television executive to decide when it's time for us to be nope. back on TV or back sharing ourselves with the world. We're just going to, you know, it's like we took our own narratives back into our own hands. Like that's yes. what I feel like we're doing with our our career yes. in a certain way. It's like absolutely. I mean, we were like, we can do this. We can do this. So that I, you know, I think that's also. It's not. It wasn't even just controlling the narrative. Like I was like, you know, we were like, let's steer the ship. Yeah. And I appreciate the fact very much that Clinton was like, you know, let's not wait, because I think, you know, even whether you're an actor or it's reality or, you know, you're you have some modicum of fame or, or being known in a public way. I think there is that sort of dependency on waiting for somebody to choose you and not having to do that and deciding, you know, we're going to choose ourselves was also really empowering. Oh, my God, I couldn't love that message more. You're making your future what you want it to be. And that is such an empowering thing. You guys, the name of the show is I've never said this before. And I feel like you both have been so gracious and open today and talked about a lot of things that probably you haven't talked about much before as well. But I'm wondering if there's anything else that you can think of, whether it's silly or whether it's deep that you haven't said before. I love those Crocs on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I was thinking about this. I think that I, I have never said, I just recently was speaking to some college students from uh, BBC, my alma mater, and uh, you know, I was talking to them about the future. And I realized that what I never said was, I've never said, I'm afraid of what comes next. I've always been excited about what comes next. I like that about myself that, you know, like I don't get me wrong. I am like, I have a hard time sitting in the present and just being cool with what's happening in the present. I'm always thinking about what's next, but like, I've never been afraid of what's next. Like I'm really excited about doing all the things. And um, so that's, I'm, I'm just sort of like patting myself on the back for that recently. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, like I'm not afraid. I don't live a fear-based life. And um, I've decided that like, that's really one of those qualities that I have that I've not appreciated in myself. And so I've just started appreciating that. Good for you. I love that. That's, that's Yeah, I love that too. I don't have, you know, I was going to be like, uh, what have I never said? I mean, I was thinking about what I've never thought, right? And what I, it was a little bit what I alluded to before is like, I can dress anybody except myself. Sometimes I actually don't think I know what my taste is. And that's something I have never really talked about. And that does come from knowing yourself, right? Like knowing what your taste is or how you want something to look or how you want to be styled really does come from knowing who you are, what your likes and your dislikes are. And I realized like, I was thinking about this in terms of interior design. I have a house upstate that is like, I wish there was like botched home edition for a, for a reality show for this to be on because it's like we started construction and basically the house fell apart. And <laughs> I keep thinking, well, I love French country, but I also like Italian modernist 19, you know, 70 to 79. And I'm like, 
how does that work? How does that <laughs> pick an aisle, pick a lane, Stacey? But it's like when you like so many things, sometimes it's kind of hard to see the harmony. And so I'm trying to train myself a little bit to like understand my taste in a way that is cohesive. And if you came to my apartment in Brooklyn, you'd be like, yeah, hmm. Has she decided like what her taste is or is it just a mishmash? And that it's very interesting because it's very easy to do that for other people, right? It's almost like giving advice. Like when a friend comes to you and says like, what do I do about this? It could be very easy to have an opinion. But I guess when it's yourself, sometimes you're not looking at it with the same objective lens, right? It's very hard to look at yourself with an objective lens. And I did notice recently that like my, my taste is scattered. I like mm. a lot of, well, I'm a Gemini. So I like a lot of things that don't necessarily go together. And I've been really focusing on how to synthesize my taste in a way that that is more cohesive and understandable to me. Well, I can say from an outside perspective, it looks like you have all the good tastes in the world. So <laughs> you both are killing it. I'm so excited for you with this tour. I know you have a bunch of November dates coming up. How can people get tickets if they haven't yet? StacyandClinton.com. There's no E in Stacy. Yes. There, yes, exactly. There's no E in Stacy and there's no E in Clinton. All right. Beautiful. Well, guys, get your tickets. It's a hot show. You don't want to miss it. And I'm just so excited you took the time to hang out today. And I'm really, really excited for this episode to air because I think a lot of people are going to pull so much from it, no matter what they're going through in their own lives, professionally or personally, because we covered a lot. And it wasn't just about your falling out. It was about so many other things today. And I think that you both gave such important and interesting and really deep introspective answers to a lot of things that people are going through in their daily lives. And for that, I truly thank you. I look forward to more from you. Who knows, maybe even a holiday show. I'm throwing it out there. Manifest away. I'm totally into this. And Tommy, I just want to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Because, you know, there are people who have been like, ah, uh, let's interview you and for a gotcha moment. And I really appreciate the fact that like, you know, what we've been talking about today feels really hopeful and really um, lovely. So thank you. Yes. And letting it breathe a little bit rather than like squeezing it into a five minute or a three minute segment where a lot of people want to do, um, you know, so thanks for letting us give you the, the full timeline and the full story. And also, I just want to say congratulations on your career. It's a pleasure to watch your career taking off the way it is. Oh, and thank good, you. Good, good work on those abs. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not... You're going to well, have not... to write a book about your abs. Now like, I feel the pressure. You... I got to go. I got to go hang up and go do a thousand crunches because now the pressure's on. <laughs> you and Brittany. Tommy, you have and Brittany. a sandwich. Have an ice cream, Tommy. Have a gin and tonic. Have the wine. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'll see what right. I can do. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. I've Never Said This Before is hosted by me, Tommy D'Addario. This podcast is executive produced by Andrew Puglisi at iHeartRadio and by me, Tommy, with editing by Joshua Kolodny. I've Never Said This Before is part of the Elvis Duran Podcast Network on iHeart Podcasts. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.